0: everyone. Rabbi Berkowitz asked me to say a few words, and uh, I'd like to share with you the following thought. So, the reunion of Yaakov and Yosef is is, uh, quite dramatic. And uh, when the brothers of Yosef returned to Eretz Canaan, and they reported to uh, their father, Yaakov, that Yosef was alive. He said his heart it, it kind of skipped the beat or it fluttered or it, it was faint because you couldn't believe that after all these years, after 22 years, finally they report that Yosef is alive and that he's the ruler of a So he's flooded with emotions. First of all, his son is alive and he's the king of Mitzrayim, the most powerful nation in the world. And... Uh, they, they spoke to Yaakov. They reported the whole story. And then, So, so. he saw the wagons that were sent by uh, Yosef. Sent wagons from Mitzrayim. Yosef sent these wagons. Uh, the question is whether Yosef sent them or Parash sent them. That'll be a subject of another talk, maybe tomorrow morning or maybe after Shalashites. But not now. But what concerns us right now is is that Yaakov sees these wagons and uh, his response was and so when he saw that he says oh, his, his, uh, his spirit was revived and he says my son is alive I need to go see him before he dies I'll, there's a very well known chazal here that uh, what happened over here when he saw the wagons Rashi tells us simon muscle that actually Yosef gave over a simon because he was learning the Parsha of Eglar Rufa. Now what is Eglar Rufa? Eglar Rufa is the the calf that's taken and it's beheaded, it's decapitated when there's a body that's found out in the wilderness and no one knows who the murderer was and so there's an entire procedure the end at the end of Parsha's Shaiftim. So that is done with, a, with an egg with a calf. but the word agala means wagon. It's the same word. actually originally it was uh, calves that, that drew that, uh, that the wagons were hitched up to only later it was changed to horses. So it's an eg and, and agala they're related. So when he saw the agola, so then he realized that there's a sign here that Yosef is sending him a message that uh, they were learning. We know that uh, Yosef was the apple of Yaakov's eye. He was a ben zukunim. He was born in his old age. That's one shot in ben zukunim. The other shot is is that he taught him a lot of Torah. He was kind of chachma. Ein zaken elamisha kind of chachma refers to his uh, the knowledge of Torah that he had, and so. The last conversation that they had had to do with uh, with Egla Rufa. So now he says, you know, the pushup shot in understanding this is, you know, now I see that that Yosef is really alive. So and before he didn't. The shot is is that before when he heard that Yosef is alive. Remember, he's a seventeen-year-old young man an adolescent. When, he's, when he left, when, he's, uh, when he was sold into slavery, it's 22 years late. That's a long time, 22 years. He's gone more than he was alive with Yaakov. And uh, if he's the, the head of the state, uh, the viceroy of Mitzrayim, so Yaakov is thinking, oh, he must be assimilated. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a land of shchubhizimah. It's a land of lewdness. So, who knows where my son is at, at this point, he's the only Jew there, and after 22 years, he's risen to the highest rank that you could reach, next to Baruch. So, he, he couldn't believe that. means he, he couldn't believe that, and he didn't want to believe that Yosef was, was assimilated, but when he saw the Akalah, ah, that Yosef sent a message that he's still learning Torah, so he must be all is fine with him. The question actually is: We know Yosef was incredibly, incredibly smart. He was an ish and v'chokhem. He was he was he was brilliant. Now let's say he left home when he was seventeen, and he was in a triumph for twenty two years, and he, uh and he, after you know being by himself all this time he he acculturated into the uh and and into the local uh you know, the local culture and he's and he's assimilated. But he's still smart enough to remember that uh, when he was with his father, he did learn the of Egl For you know, Chazal tell us, el mitvar When you uh, depart from your friend, it should be through halacha, because with because of the halacha, uh, you'll remember him even years later. So maybe uh, y- Yosef is just, you know, telling Yosef telling Yaakov what he wants to hear but really Yosef's not holding by it at all so who says that uh, Yosef is now from Ayyid and an Erlich Ayyid and why should uh, why should Yaakov uh, be appeased with that? I think it's a fair question. I'd like to suggest the following. My uh, Rosh Hashiva Avrudaman that's all I used to say over we, we heard it many times I'm sure Mayor, remember this from the Rosh by the Parsha bin Ben-Sorimora so the uh a rebellious child so um his parents take him out and, they have to, and he has to be stoned what did he do so terrible he ate uh, he ate meat he drank wine and as i'll say that let him be put to death early uh when he's still innocent before he becomes guilty because the torah understands his uh his psychology and what he's going to do in the future he will sit on the crossroads and he will rob people because he has an addiction. He needs to drink his wine and eat his meat. And if he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get that, then he'll kill them. He'll rob them and, and he'll murder them and take their money and buy what he wants. That's what the Gemara says. The Yushalmi adds one interesting point. The Yushalmi says, He will murder people. He will rob people. And then he'll forget his learning. That's what the Yushalmi says. So Rabbi Benjamin used to say, for forgetting a person's learning, is Ha'ev Misa, in other words, the Torah is Yerud that if he's left on this path, eventually he'll forget his learning, his Ha'ev Misa, so Yeshiva said no. He's Ha'ev Misa because what he's going to do, he'll eventually murder people. But as long as he still remembers his Torah, there is some hope for him, that he won't go so far afield. What the Yeshamim saying is, is that the Torah is Yeridus to if This is the kind of lifestyle that he's already living at this young age. That Tamude, <coughs> he will forget all of his learning that he learned in Cheder. And once he learns, forgets the learning of Torah, there's no way back. That's what it means here. In Takhed, it was like that in Yeshiva. In my days in Baltimore, if a, a Bacher did something that uh, really maybe would have earned him uh, to be sent out away, uh, sent away from the Yeshiva, the Yeshiva would call him in. So the Bach would talk to the Shiva and learning, and that's all they got engrossed in the Sikh of learning, and the Rushiva says, okay, gate and, make some and learn. Go back and learn and based medish because he's old. as long as he's holding a learning, he'll be okay. I'd like to suggest that Yaakov did not necessarily see from the fact that Yeshis sent the Agolas that he's holding a learning. Maybe he didn't open up a Gemara in 22 years, but he did remember the learning. He remembered that he learned the Pajavegala Rufa. And Yaakov saw that as long as he remembers the Gemara, so he's not mishaakech it's Talmuday. So there's hope for him. So now let me go to, let me go back, let me go to Mitzrayim, let me have him now. Let me go back and, re- and reunite with Yaakov because once with Yosef, because once he remembers his learning, there's hope that even if even if he has become assimilated, but we'll be able to pull him back uh, and uh, to revive the original Yosef. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to just add to that something, and uh, two things actually. A famous story with the Vilna Gone that there was someone who left uh, his wife as an Aguna, and many years ago and uh, she was, uh, unfortunately she was an Aguna, and finally someone comes back into town and claims that he's the husband and he looked like him and it's been it was many, many years. And so um, they weren't sure and they asked him all kinds of questions um, that only her husband would know, and he knew all the answers to the questions. Uh, th- th- there's a story like this back in the, the 1500s in France. There was a book written about this, the story, the return of Martin Guerre. But that's not what I'm talking about. This is in Vilna. This is not Martin Guerre. This is a Moshe Kappel, maybe, <laughs> not Martin Guerre. And uh, th- th- so what happened was, is they brought him to the Gine the Vilna Gain asked them a question because he knew all the answers. You know, where did you do your banking and where did you park your horse and where did you do, right? He says, where did you sit in the base medrash? And he didn't know the answer. And the Vilna guy says he's an imposter. And he finally he was an imposter. And he messed up. They asked the guy, how did you know? He says, because a Ramai, a charlatan, a faker, right? Even though he met... The husband who left his wife in Aguna, and asked him for all the information that would confirm that. That's but one thing. If you're a Rama, you don't think in spiritual terms. You don't think in ruchnish. And therefore, he didn't bother to ask. He never would ask him. Where did you sit in the base medish? That That did, he didn't think about. So he says that, that that's the pshat. You know the thing. It, if Yaisif is still thinking about the Agolas and the Agla, Arufa, right? So therefore, he's still connected to Ruknes. Uh I just saw when I walked in that there's um, the book on my, on my uh, late uncle, Rukhnotta. The, they ordered them and they're on sale. I just want to share two things from the book that I think is really germane to what we're talking about. So everyone knows that my uncle is a, a, a tremendous expert on writing Giten. And uh, it says there in the book that someone once asked them, you know, a get has to be, when they write the name of the city in the get, it says the city that, that lies on this and that river, right? St. Louis is on the Nahar, Mississippi. And it has to be identified by a body of water. So, you might talk, so we don't understand because there could be two cities with the same name, but you identify it. So, so my uncle once says because a city really is defined by the water. Because a person can live without uh, without uh, bread, you can live with, you can't you can't live without water. Water is integral to the city. There's no sustenance in the city without the water. And then he said something as Kemenish live. Without Torah, you can't live. Torah is to So there was a uh, they, uh, he was invited to uh, to write Gittin in the city of Tucson, Arizona. Now Tucson, Arizona never had Gitten written there before and uh, in order to write again you have to be what they call cavea shame it's a very intricate process and the person has to be an expert in getting and to know you take in your cavea the shame you know you decide how to write the name of the city how it's spelled and you define what river it's on and so on and so forth it's a whole procedure and you can't just go to any in fact if there's Gittin, they were written here since 100 years ago. So therefore, when they when the Masada Gittin comes to St. Louis, they'll only write it here in St. Louis. They're not going to write it out outside of St. Louis because we don't have a Masada, we don't have the names for those cities. But the problem is that Tucson, Arizona, did have a river or a stream, whatever it was, and it had dried out. So the question is, is that considered a city next to a river and or does that qualify as a city that you can write Gittin in? So, the wrote a letter, it's, 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 it's published in the book, his, his letters that he wrote to Ramonata Feinstein, his rabbi, that's all. And Ramosha answered him a two it's published in the Yigris Mosha. And Ramosha said, he passed them like this, that even though the lake or the river, whatever the body of water was, it's dried out, but the indentation is still there. Now, there's, next to the city, you see the indented place where the river was, that's number one. And number two, if it rains, if there's heavy rainfall, it, it could fill up again. So therefore it qualifies as a body of water and they proceeded. my uncle proceeded to write. It. So the person who wrote the book, I think this is not from my uncle, but I think it's from Shmobatnik, the author of the book. He writes there, he writes a commentary. He says, you see that if there was once water, even if it's dried up, but there's always gonna be an indentation. And that indentation allows itself to be filled up with water again. In other words, if a person once had Torah, even though maybe he's gone far afield, maybe he's, uh, he's left Torah for a while, but the Neshama will always have an indentation. And you, fight the, you find the right condition, and it could rain again, he could be impressed again, he could be influenced again, and he could fill himself up with Torah again. So this is, the, this is what I want to add to that. This is not a sales pitch for the book. Also, w- w- whether I pushed it or not, you see. But what I wanted to take from the book is to, to say that this is a, w- what reminds me of this the parsha that when he sent the agolus, then at least Yaakov might not think that Yosef is still the biggest folk in the world. He might not even be from, but at least there's an indentation. There's still a Malkum to be found. So this is this is what I want to share from you from the parsha. again to see him. Just want to give a tremendous Asher to and the uh, those who've been spending so long. Uh, it's, it's a mamashad, tremendous undertaking. Misaftez Vochem, three years, three years on a misaftez it is a very, very difficult it's Kachem, as you know, and um, it takes uh, it just it takes a lot of perseverance to finish that misaftez. So we should all be very proud of the Ingolite and the Balabatim who learn every day to finish that misaftez, and the Rajam should give them the special Shai misaftez as a Finish other meshetas and make other seyumim, and we all benefit from the abundance of the water, so to speak, that they bring into our community. The sustenance, the taira, and uh, they should be safe for many years to continue to shower our community with all these of taira. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get chance to give an intro, so I will just suffice with a the outro. um that uh, we at the Kotel are very proud not only to have a our Maggid Liza family where Shkotel and who was watering us for 30 years, and is actually, in his capacity, as Reshkoil Emeritus, or Emeritus, Emeritus. Garson, <laughs> um, still is pouring the fountain of water of terror. We appreciate that. Thank you. And it's something that uh, we are proud to call.